KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. From KYW News Radio 103.9 FM, this is Flashpoint, shining light on the issues that matter to you in Philadelphia. Presented by the Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Welcome to Flashpoint. I'm Jay Scott Smith, and this week's episode focuses on Haiti following the devastating earthquake that occurred earlier this month. We will speak with a couple of local Haitian Americans working to help out people back on the island. It has to be more Haitian Americans going back to helping the country. Our newsmaker this week was born and raised in Haiti and have created a school and has used partnerships here in Philadelphia to continue to bring work, security, and education, as well as strength, back to the country. In Haiti, over half of our children do not go to school. And of course, we have our Philly Rising Change Maker of the Week. You can do whatever you want, but you can't just stand by yourself. That's coming up, a Flashpoint on KYW News Radio. Welcome back to Flashpoint. I'm Jay Scott Smith. This episode is focusing on the turmoil in Haiti and not just following the massive earthquake that hit the island earlier this month. As you recall, just a few days after that earthquake, a tropical storm gave a glancing blow to the island. And a few weeks prior to the earthquake, Haiti's president, Jovenel Moise, was assassinated. Now, on a recent episode of the KYW original podcast, The Rundown, KYW's Justin Udo spoke with us and told us about a conversation he had with local Haitian Americans who were attempting to get help down to the island. They uh, have been through this before and they saw what happened. They tell me last time uh, money was going to large organizations and that money was never seeing the Haitian people. There were there was just so, so many uh, different hands that was passing through that a lot of it didn't see the Haitian people. So um, they say when it, when it came to they were asking before people to, for um, non-perishable items and different medicines and things that they were sending down. A lot of those were stuck in customs or they they said an, uh, uh, an effect and after effect of that was when they got to the Haitian people, um, it was putting a lot of stores out of business because people weren't going and buying those products from the stores. They had them for free already. So they said what um, things that they're trying to do this time. Uh, and one thing Dr. Lewis tells me is she said, you know, when they noticed that was happening last time, they went down there directly. They started building from the ground up. And that brings us to this week's panel. We're joined by Evelt Vertiel, the president of the Philadelphia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce. And we're also joined by Karen Dorless, the founder of Philadelphia for Haiti, an organization that is sending help directly to Haitians on the island. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Flashpoint today. It's my pleasure. It's been a couple of weeks since this earthquake, and it's been just such a turbulent year really on the island how's everything going i'll start with you first karen so my family they live in the northwest part of haiti so they were not affected by the earthquake but i do have partners that i partner with in haiti um two organizations and they have families and and friends that were affected in the south from the earthquake and yvelle give us some more info on what the philadelphia haitian american chamber of commerce is doing well uh first of all thank Thank you for having us, and good morning to you, Karen. Good morning, Jay. It's it's a pleasure to be here in this panel. Well, the Philadelphia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce, you know, sitting here right here in Philadelphia, everything boiled down to economics. And the idea of a Chamber of Commerce is almost a lost art. So we sat down with a team, and we put together this local chamber. So we can help not only the existing businesses uh, to thrive and to maximize in their growth, 
but to really embrace the aspiring entrepreneurs, the aspiring business owners themselves. The idea of the chamber is really to pull the resources of the community, so to strengthen our economic well-being. And when we look at where Haiti is right now, fighting back from yet another devastating earthquake, well, 11 years ago, the one that hit Haiti was just catastrophic. And this one, with the death toll, is it more than 2,000 at last check? This one's not very good either. It's been such a battle in Haiti for people to get resources. And there's been a level of distrust between the Haitian community, Haitian Americans, and a lot of the relief efforts. The American Red Cross is the first thing that comes to mind here. Karen, after seeing what happened with this earthquake and what has gone on in the country, and that's not even withstanding the assassination of President Jovenel Moise before this, what are your thoughts on what is being done and what do you feel needs to be done to help the people on the island right now? Yes, people need to do their research on small nonprofit organizations that are on the ground right now. Looking at seeing what they are doing for Haiti. For example, my organization, Philadelphia for Haiti, we, we are a global outreach initiative. So what we do, um, we travel to Haiti three times out of the year. So we're actually traveling to Haiti this October, um, October 2nd to the 7th. And we will be bringing nurses, mental health therapists to just talk to the families and to the people of Haiti. They've been through so much trauma. We're looking for some construction workers so that we can, you know, cover some of these homes with with tarps and tents and things in that nature. In this year that we've seen, not just with the earthquake, which is the latest thing, there was the tropical storm that went through there. Haiti has dealt with, I mentioned, the assassination of President Moise. Evelt, right now, when you look at the island, when you look at how much they're kind of fighting back from right now, what else do you feel that Haiti needs, not just immediately with the earthquake, but as an overall thing? First and foremost, I am so proud of you, Karen, with all due respect. And I see I'm talking, well, age is, is a number, but the maturity and, and your leadership ability to to take on that, I have to congratulate you. So I'm, I'm so proud of you for all. Well, Jay, the problem is there is nothing that we can do for natural disasters because Haiti is in the path of hurricane and earthquakes. We are really prone to these natural you know, disasters. However, what is needed is really better prepared for when they happen that, we, that can minimize the impact of those natural disasters. For instance, uh, building codes, uh, build better and really create infrastructure that can sustain the impact of an earthquake or reduce the impact of a hurricane. And another thing that is really needed, whenever something happens, we have a tendency to sing Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya, my Lord, and wait. That's, that's been going on for a long time. That doesn't work. Even as we speak, uh, from 2010, we got the supplies, food, and so many things that we went and distributed to the people. That is short term. However, what we truly believe is needed, when we do that, we also need to say, you know what, now we have to promote awareness, awareness and really promote sanctity and dignity into the people of Haiti. I think that is really critical. And Yvelt makes a great point there, too. Karen, you've also been running a GoFundMe through Philadelphia for Haiti. 
Yeah, so um, we have raised a little over $7,000. That money will go towards helping the volunteers with lounging. Most of the money will go towards helping the Haitian community. And so you said you've raised 7000 so far. Yeah. And I know that people think the best way, from what I understand, is to get supplies to people in Haiti through suitcases as opposed to sending, like, barrels and things of that nature that I've heard, I've heard happen before. Just to kind of explain, yeah. why is that? It takes a, a little over a month to get there. And this will be actually my first time traveling to, to the south. And with the earthquake and how the roads are and things have happened, it's not feasible, especially from Philadelphia. It would not get there in time. So it has to be moved as quickly as possible, obviously. Yeah. What is something that people here in the States may not know or understand about Haiti? Well, what is it we don't know about the island, the people in Haiti? First of all, that island, we are resilient. And, and like everybody can see, and we've been in, in that situation for so long, we, we are resilient. We, we, we are a people who can fight. However, it gets to a point where it's, it's really, we are tired. But, but here, here's what a lot of people don't understand. In Haiti, as the unemployment is so much, but yet most people in Haiti, they are self-employed. That's why a lot of people that under, don't probably don't know about the island. I think Karen, you know, Karen would agree on that because you see somebody on the side with a little box, they're, they're selling something to feed the kids, to send the kids to school because our public school system is not, we don't have a lot. It's either if you cannot go to a public school and you can't pay, you can't pay for a private school, you will not go to school. So everybody is managing their own life. And we don't have big, big, big industries like we have in here. People can go get a job very easy. So most people, they fight on their own. They have an entrepreneurial mindset, and this is how they make it from day to day. And, and, and the other thing that I would like people to understand and know about Haiti, we are, uh, as a matter of fact, I think the entire Caribbean, we have a spirit of hospitality. When you go to Haiti, you know, the way they're hospitalized here is really unbelievable. It's on our blood. I, I, I don't know what, if Karen, you know, as your parents probably can tell you. And, and even in here, in, in the diaspora, we act the same way. And Karen, how about you? I would say that um, a lot of people sometimes don't, don't know that, you know, Haiti was the first Black Republic country to be abolished by slavery. So that right, right there is powerful and that Haitian Americans need to stop listening to the negative stereotypes from their families and friends about Haiti, that it's negative, it's, it's bad. Anywhere in the world, it's, it, they have their good parts and their bad parts. I have taken several people since 2018 to Haiti. And all the testimonials that I have gotten was that the Haitian people are beautiful. They're, they're powerful. They're so welcoming. Um, Mm -hmm. it has to be more Haitian Americans going back to helping the country. And I believe that if it's more of us going back, that Haiti will turn around. There's still, I still believe that there is still a 
future for Haiti. There's still hope for Haiti. But what needs to happen is that we need to teach Haitians how to train Haitians. And then you'll see this ripple effect moving forward. Very quickly, Evelt, how can people get more information on the Philadelphia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce? Well, it's very easy. We have also a GoFundMe going on. And at this point, we are uh, about to raise, we need to raise $500,000. At this point, we we are on, let me see, 18000 So what that money is going to go for, uh, we focus on building for the first put to begin with 300 houses and help some businesses that really lost their stuff and really to rebound. So that's uh, going to be a little bit more long-term, but we're planning to fly to Haiti at the end of uh, September, beginning of October. So we're going to have to bring some medical supplies um, to some hospitals, um, whatever they need as far as um, health is concerned. And Karen, how can people get more information on Philadelphia for Haiti? Yes, you guys can visit the Instagram page, which is Philadelphia for, for Haiti, and we're raising $40,000, but that $40,000 will be broken up. Um, we're trying to plan um, two more outreaches for next year, um, so we will continue going to Haiti to help out because it's not just going to take the end of this year. It's, it's going to take about a couple years to rebuild the South of Haiti. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Flashpoint. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Flashpoint is sponsored by the Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Register today at donorsone.org. Welcome to Flashpoint. I'm Jay Scott Smith. And our newsmaker this week is McKet McMahon. She was Haitian-born, raised in Haiti, and after the last devastating earthquake to hit that country 11 years ago, she founded a school and has used her partnerships here in Philadelphia to help out her home country. KYW's Sheridan Howard spoke with her this week. Haiti's struggle has been all over the news, all over the world. And the people of Haiti have proven time and time again to be resilient. People like Miquette McMahon, founder of Teach Haiti. She's been on the ground there providing care and support for those who need it most. And she says right now more than ever in the face of political unrest and the recent earthquake that her country needs the world's support. Welcome, Miquette. Thank you for joining us on the ground from Haiti. I appreciate it. Now, all the work that you've been doing since 2007 seems as though it's all been in preparation for this very moment. What's going on now, especially with this last earthquake? And I know it must have exacerbated already existing problems in Haiti. Please tell us about your organization and how it's helping. So Teach Haiti, I started the organization in 2007. Haiti, we have no time to grieve. It's always one thing after another. Obviously, just um, less than two months ago, our president got assassinated and the country did not even have time to grieve. And then you have this earthquake. And on top of it, we've had so many problems that we were dealing with, like poverty, lack of education, and people struggling every single day to survive. I started my program in 2007. It's supposed to be an easy ride. 
just help children to go to school. That was all it's supposed to be doing. But since 2007, Teach AD has done way more than that. We are not a relief organization. We are an organization that focuses on education because there are so very few public schools in Haiti. And so my focus had always been on education, help those children who do not have an opportunity to go to school. Since we started this program, we've been like a food step program. We have to help our students to get food, to take home sometimes on weekends and help families who do not have enough to eat. And on top of it, you have hurricanes and then political unrest. That's a big one. On a regular basis, it's really hard to focus on one specific item because there are so many needs. On top of it, you have this earthquake. You know, 2010, I was right here in Haiti when it happened. I didn't know what was happening when the ground started shaking. I didn't know because we've never been to an earthquake before. And to see the devastation, the disparity, the hopelessness was really heartbreaking. And we are still recovering from 2010. People are still not back on their feet from 2010. And then this happened. You have this earthquake and a couple of days later, Grace Hurricane showed up its ugly face. But Haitian people are just so resilient. They don't ask much to be happy. They are happy with the basic. And it breaks my heart when we cannot even give them the very basic they need to survive. And emotionally, it hurts me when I see my people being staff who went to the South because we are in Port-au-Prince. In Port-au-Prince, life goes as normal. You would not have known there was an earthquake because Port-au-Prince was not affected. And so my staff went to the South. They gathered all of their resources together and they went to the South to bring some help. And what did your staff see when they got there? They said when they got there, it's a very remote area where most organizations have not gone because they are so remote. They told me, and we'll show you some of the pictures, but the way people are living, they just have like just rags, you know, they have like two sticks. Some are pregnant, some have babies. And then they brought some food and they said, thank you for the food. But what we need right now, we really need tents. We need somewhere where we can sleep and not worrying about the water dripping on us. It takes an emotional toll because they are in desperate need. Now, can you tell us about some of these partnerships that are assisting you and helping the people on the ground there? Partnerships like Philadelphia for Haiti. Philadelphia for Haiti. I met the founder, Karin Dolus. Two years ago, got to know her story and her passion to help the Haitian people. It warmed my heart. I love when people help, but when I see Haitians stepping up and help their own people, I have goosebumps talking about that specific thing. We've been partnering with her for two years because they've been doing a lot throughout Haiti, especially during this time of crisis. We really want to focus on the 40 families that are affecting right now. Shelter will be the number one aspect we're going to focus on, making sure we build some type of temporary shelter, but something that's a little bit durable more than a tent, something where once the people get on their feet, then they can go build their own home, hopefully. And they can be in that shelter for three, four, five years until they can get back on their feet. And so that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now. Just see how many shelters we can build. Now, other than food and clothing and shelter, what else are the people in need of there? One other thing that I've asked um, Philadelphia for Haiti to do is, you know, we need psychiatrists, we need psychologists. Physically, people are okay, but mentally, there are so many wounded people 
mentally. Because in 2010, a lot of the people didn't have time to process anything. We don't have as many psychologists available. And the ones that are available are so expensive, only those who can afford them can have them. And so we really need to focus on the mental aspect as well, because that's what will haunt you later on if it's not taken care of. I've had students at the school, they were buried for two or three days and got rescued after 72 hours. And they were like two, three years old when that happened. They never had someone to express their grief. And at Teach AD, we are in the process of trying to raise some money to hire a psychologist. Because yes, they did not get injured in the earthquake, but mentally, you know what happens when your mental being is not taken care of, it carries on in different aspects of your life. The things that comes out later on, they are not positive. And we need to tackle that issue just as much as we are tackling people needing water and food. This is just as important. This work isn't for the faint of heart. This is get down and dirty work. How did you decide that this is what you were going to do? Not all of us are called to come back. I was called to come back because I felt the conviction to come back. I must be one of the luckiest Haitians to ever live in Haiti because of the opportunity that was given to me. I grew up in a family who had very little. My parents, they struggled so hard to keep us in school. And like I said, we don't have, we have very few public education schools in Haiti. Over 90% of the schools are private. So when a parent cannot pay for your children to go to school, they send you home. I mean, they call your names in your classroom. They called you with humiliation. You walk, leave the school, and go home. That happened to me so many times. And so imagine a principal calling my names. Oh, not again. But I had a family in Minnesota. I had two sisters who were adopted in Minnesota. The family decided they wanted to give me a chance. They sponsored me to go to the U.S. I went to the U.S. in 2000. It was a miracle. I did not know how poor Haiti was either. Because when you are poor, you are living in this poverty. You are in this survival mode. And that's how it was for me to really truly think about the social problems that you have in your community. In Haiti, over half of our children do not go to school. And so no wonder you have well, less than 1% of the population governing the entire country have most of the wealth, over 90% of the wealth stays in that 1% because they have access to the best education. And so the lower class continues to be marginalized. I'm like, God, you've done so much for me. I've got to pay it forward. The goal was to send 10 children to school in Haiti. But today, Teach Haiti has over 600 children going to school. We have two beautiful schools, one in my hometown, Saint-Michel, and one right here in Port-au-Prince. They don't have to be called to leave their classroom to go home. So what are your hopes for Haiti going forward? My hope, our name is Teach Haiti. It's not a name that was selected randomly. Our goal is to get as many children to be able to go to school to teach Haiti. It's not a matter of rich or poor. Education should be education for all. And that's what we are striving for. Thank you so much, Paquette, for your time today and doing all that you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time as well. If you're considering home care for yourself or a loved one, Patriot Home Care makes it easy with a caring and compassionate staff. Don't be overwhelmed by all the choices. Let Patriot Home Care help. Patriot Home Care is growing with offices throughout Philadelphia and now in Delaware. Patriot is accepting caregivers and new clients virtually as well. At Patriot, you will love what you do and feel rewarded by taking care of people who need your help. Patriot also offers some of the area's best pay, benefits, and a $600 sign-on bonus to new caregivers. Visit PatriotHomeCare.org. The Philly Rising Changemaker of the Week is presented by Patriot Home Care. 
KYW's Antoinette Lee here with this week's Philly Rising Changemaker. Now, if you know me, then you know that I love the little people. Personally, nothing inspires me more than a kid being the change that they wish to see in this world. This week's Changemaker is an eight-year-old named Lily. She lives in South Jersey with her parents and her two rescue dogs, Bowie and Smokey. And this summer, she had an idea. That idea turned out to be a big deal for hundreds of patients at a local center that treats substance abuse disorders. Here's Lily's story of compassion and care. Lily Kuchichia is an eight-year-old who can light up any room with her bright eyes, red hair, and rosy cheeks. But she's got a lot more going for her than what meets the eye. Well, I did it so all the homeless people at my mom's work could all have stuff that they could use. With the help of her mom, Jordan Warner, the South Jersey native had a bake sale over the summer that raised more than $2,000. So what's an eight-year-old do with all that money? So I knew we were going to put like hand sanitizer and masks and stuff in there. She bought 200 book bags and filled them with care items which she donated to patients that her mom works with at Cooper Hospital Center for Healing. We also added blankets, socks, toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, body wipes, and a stuffed animal. One lady was crying and, and I told her, I said every single one's mentioned the stuffed animal, said that was their favorite part. And this isn't her first rodeo, or should I say giveaway. Last year, she donated more than 1,200 pairs of socks to the hospital. Her mom won't take all the credit, but Lily gets her inspiration from the work that Warner does treating patients with substance abuse disorders. Um, so a lot of our patients face a lot of stigma and, and judgment. They may not have anybody in their corner at that moment. So to see that other people care about them, I think it's nice. And I think it's encouraging to keep going and to keep getting better and, and trying. And Lily says, if you want to change the world and you're looking for where to start, you can do whatever you want, but you can't just do it by yourself. She's your girl. If you want to find her, just go to Cooper University's hospital and ask for their youngest honorary staff member with the big bright eyes and heart. As always, if you know a change maker, we should highlight next someone who's making a difference in your community please let me know. I would love to feature them on KYW News Radio. You can reach out to me. Find me on Twitter at ARLeeOnAir. That's A-R-L-E-E on air. Please tweet me your changemaker ideas there. Until next week, y'all, be well. And there you have it. Another episode of Flashpoint is in the books. I want to thank all of you for checking out this week's episode. Remember, the podcast version of this show will be up Very soon, you can find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So for Sheridan Howard and Antoinette Lee, along with our super producer, Ariane Fulcher, I'm J. Scott Smith telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. And I leave you with a quote from one of the all-time greats, Bruce Lee. Remember that simplicity is the key to brilliance and hope it's still not a strategy. We'll see you next week. Flashpoint is a production of KYW News Radio 1039 FM. For more, go to KYWnewsradio.com/flashpoint and subscribe to the Flashpoint podcast wherever you get your shows. Presented by the Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives.